Hey, this is Ali Ballas, and I am a victim of the 2020 lockdown. All joking aside, I just want to hang, and I've heard a lot of people saying the same, and sometimes with people who I don't even know. And as we've come to realize, that is not okay during a pandemic. Even though we can't meet in person, doesn't mean we can't get outside of our bubble. This is about learning new things, stepping outside, and all while staying home. Just because we can't hang, there still can't hang. This week on Can't Hang, I speak with Allison Lang, and it is my favorite and most authentic and fun conversation to date. Allison is a force to be reckoned with and has taken the world by storm, all while being an amputee. She works to take down ideas that people with physical disabilities are any less and is such a positive ray of sunshine. Allison has traveled everywhere with her amazing tagline, hashtag hop around the world with me. I really just don't want to give too much away. So without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Allison Lang. Okay, so this is an episode I've been looking forward to for a while. Welcome, Allison. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on the Can't Hang podcast. (laughs) Of course. So excited to have you. Um, So my name is Alia, but most people call me Ali or Al. Do you always go by your full name or do you have like a short little nickname for? Oh my gosh, we have the same nicknames. Um, (laughs) My birth name's Allison. Friends and family call me Allie, but really close friends call me Al as well. Yeah. Okay. That's like the exact same. And I feel like every time someone meets me as Allie, they're like, oh, so like Allison. I'm like, no, like you might think that, but not the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, you have like an incredible life so far, even though you're still so young. Uh, and I'm really excited to talk to you about your experience. So let's get after it. Uh, for those that don't know, Allison is an avid traveler, a photographer, many other things, uh, but also including an amputee. So I know from reading articles and following you on social media that this was um, how you were born. But what exactly did this mean for you growing up? Oh, my gosh. I actually don't tell a lot of people. I make up stories because my story is like, oh my God. <laughs> not Aww. like if they okay, ask, well, I'm always like, not to tell it. <laughs> no, 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 I will. Like, I'll share my story. But I always am like shark attack or something else. Oh, my God. That's awesome. To deter people. And then no one's going to be like, nah, that's not true. Um, <laughs> yeah, just pull a full Bethany Hamilton and be like, yeah, no, like I was just surfing. Yeah, I've been asked that before, though, if I if I'm like the girl from the movie and I'm like, no, cause oh she God. lost her arm. I'm missing a leg. It's like two different body <laughs> so parts. Not the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was born missing the lower half of my left leg um, from birth. And when I was born, the doctors actually told my parents that there was something wrong with me, which honestly, I w- I'm the mm-hmm. oldest of four kids. So that would be traumatizing as a new parent to hear that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. thankfully my mom is a nurse, so she asked what was wrong. And the doctor just said, Oh, she's missing the lower half of her left leg. And her response was, well, how are her lungs and how's her heart? And he's like, Oh, mm-hmm. all her internal organs are fine. So both mm-hmm. my parents were like, okay, there's no issue then. 
Yeah, of, for sure. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they actually just raised me like any other kid and they weren't easy on me. I still had chores to do. They threw me into soccer at six years old and swimming when I was a child. So honestly, I really didn't know that I was different or noticeably different until probably elementary school. Yeah, because I feel like kids are just annoying savages. So they're uh, so mean. <laughs> yeah, like kids are mean, and like, oh, I hate that. Yeah. Uh, so you got to school, and finally, you're like, okay, I'm not really like everyone else. Um, but like, this isn't a problem. This is just a problem that other people are like projecting. Absolutely. Um, I feel like so. How did that kind of shape your experience with like other kids? I guess. Oh, um. I like to consider myself really social (laughs) and all my friends would say so. Even as a kid, I was always smiling um, and super bubbly, but obviously going through severe bullying like I did, it wasn't only emotional, it was also physical Um, because I was only born with the tibia and not my fibia. Um, as I would grow taller, my bones would grow longer. And actually I would have to go for revision surgeries because the bone in my left leg would start piercing through the end of the skin. Oh, wow. So it was super, super painful. Um, it was probably every three years I had to go for surgery until I was done my growth spurt. So Mm -hmm. I think I was 11 was the last surgery I had. And they took cartilage from my hip and put on the end of my leg to help build a barrier between the bone and skin. So that was probably the toughest time for me going to school on crutches or in a wheelchair and having kids feel like, you know, they're better than you. They're faster than you. They're tougher than you. And I remember one recess being pushed over when I was on crutches and this girl kicking sand in my eye and calling me a peg leg. Yeah. Um, I hate kids. Say the word. Same. It, Honestly, if you had asked me that, to share that story a couple years back, I would have been in tears. But I mm-hmm. think growing up that way and then learning to love myself now, it's easier for me to talk about because I know these stories are going to help somebody hopefully one day. And whether it's someone going through something similar to me or even a bully that's listening to this, I really hope that things do change because everyone has their shit that they go through and it's unfair if you're treated any, any differently for it. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And especially it's like heightened when it's something like so vain and like uncontrollable, like it had no, like it wasn't your personality. It wasn't like anything that you could even control. Like I just, that makes me so much, not that any bullying is okay, but do you know what I mean? It just Mm -hmm. makes me so upset. Like, like, what do you think you're getting out of this? Well, and it's so tough too. So my mom is Scottish and my dad's family's Polish. And so I grew up and was um, baptized as Catholic and I went to a Catholic elementary school and I just remember coming home from school and I was so confused and would question my parents. Like if there's a God, why did he make me this way? Why was I born this way? If I'm just being punished for it and everyone hates me for it. And I think that's where when I was young, I really questioned faith Mm -hmm. and I, it's still a touchy subject to me now, to be honest. Like I, I believe more in like spirituality and like faith that brings people together rather than just a certain religion. 
but I remember saying that to my mom and crying and saying, well, if God made me this way, like, I don't want to be on earth if this is how he wants me to be. And that I can't even fathom being in my mom's shoes and hearing that from your Mm -hmm. child, basically saying that, you know what, I don't want to be here if this is who I am out to be for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just so sad, especially, yeah, like hearing that as your mom, obviously that just gives me like chills, but also just like having that opinion that like, I'm not faith-based. So like just having that idea in your head, they're like, oh, I was supposed to be like perfect. And like, I'm not. So like, what does that mean for me? Like if everyone else is like pointing out to me something that I didn't even know was a problem, then like, what does that say? So I can't relate because I'm obviously not like a faith-based. I I didn't like come Mm -hmm. from that background, but like, that just is something that really like perplexes me and like how people can um, navigate that through different forms of like intersectionality, whether it's like sexuality or whatever it may be. Oh, for um, sure. How to kind of accept that, that way that they can still kind of see themselves Mm -hmm. uh, as whole type of thing. Yeah. Um, So at what point were you like, fuck all of you? Like, I'm awesome. I don't need to hide. Like, how was this process for you? Was it like kind of a, a light switch moment or was it a real like development for you? Oh my gosh. (laughs) If I told you that, like, I didn't really love my body until my early twenties, would you believe me? I'm 27 now Mm -hmm. and it's taken me such a long time. I found that after the bullying, it only got worse because it wasn't other people beating me down. It was self-hatred. I, I didn't have self-harm or anything of that nature, but I hid my leg for the longest time. I never wore pants, even in the summer. If it was 30 degrees, I'd wear skin colored tights underneath capris. So my leg looked the same color as my other one. I always made up excuses when people would ask me why I was limping. And I found that that insecurity only got more prominent as I entered high school, just because Mm -hmm you're starting to explore with makeup and your style and dating comes into play. And I still didn't know my place in the world or, and I lacked so much confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, everyone goes through. So Mm -hmm. uh, for it to be like exacerbated by another element, I can't like imagine that really, because at some point, you're right. Like everyone going into high school is like this nervous, whatever. But like, if you're trying to hide a whole nother part of yourself, um, then there's these nerves coming from that side too, mm-hmm. which I think is just so strong, but also just like so sad that like, you know, these institutions that we're like going into are just so like, Oh, for sure. I couldn't share yeah, my 100% blessing. true self with anybody. I felt mm-hmm. I was always hiding something, sitting in a position where people wouldn't even notice that my leg stays at a 90 degree angle, just like the littlest things nobody would ever consider. I was continuously cautious of in every movement, every stance. It was, it became exhausting. And I, I, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then I think one day I was just tired of it. I mean, I have such a supportive family and a group of friends and 
To be honest, none of my close friends or family even consider me an amputee. It just kind of doesn't even phase them anymore because that's not the only way you would describe a single person if you met someone. Like there's other personality traits and talents and interests. And with all their support, one day I was just kind of like, you know what? Screw it. (laughs) I'm over this. Like it's like I said, so exhausting. And honestly, I just couldn't hide it anymore. There was too many things that I wanted to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And at some point it becomes like, you know, you're kind of assuming based on these like shitty people that you've dealt with and, and that you encountered that, that people are going to judge you. But at some point you must realize like, you know what, like my friends, my family, like they don't care. Like there's people that are going to like total, like it just won't even be an issue. Like it's not an issue at all. It won't even be an issue. It doesn't need to be. So Mm -hmm. that must be like a very like good, like heartwarming feeling, I guess. Yeah. It was so awakening. Honestly, I, even when I started to accept myself, I used to always want to get my prosthetic made. So there was like the Skinnergy on it that looked like it was a real leg. And I always wanted to get the tanned one for summer for when I was in (laughs) shorts. And now I wear a leg that's unfinished. It's just a straight metal post. And I truly feel like such a badass. And Mm -hmm. it's so different now. When I was younger, I would hate if people were staring. I would freak out or like feel like all the eyes in the room were on me. And now I kind of love it because, you know, I'll, I'll walk out in like a dress and some combat boots, but my legs exposed and I'm just like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it. (laughs) No, that's awesome. And I love that. And you really are just getting like, obviously from your work and your socials and stuff like that, you're just like such a positive person. So it's so interesting to me especially because you haven't known anything different. Mm -hmm. Um, So in your like personal opinion, do you think that this has made your experience as an amputee, like uh, any different, like whether, I don't want to say harder or easier because I don't think that that's like the right words that I'm looking for, but. That's such a good question, but it's also so difficult to ask because everybody's path is different. I mean, Mm -hmm. I didn't have to endure like physical trauma of an accident or like, Mm-hmm. phantom limb pain that comes with that where there's nerve endings and you feel like your leg's still there so you want to scratch it but it's not like I haven't really mm-hmm. experienced that I don't have PTSD from anything so I would never want to compare my story to anybody else's but I obviously have such a large friend group that are also amputees just from playing an adaptive sport and volunteering and being raised with the war amps champ program and everyone goes through their own shit, whether Mm -hmm. that be something that caused you to lose your leg or the bullying or something afterwards. But I don't like, I try not to compare my life to anybody. Yeah, that's fair. No, that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's so fair. Um, I always just like think of it as, yeah, I just think of it as just like a perplexing, like 
this is gonna come out wrong that I mean it too but like oh my gosh how do no you it's okay pity from people when like you don't know any different like this is literally just your life and you're just like living it and I I guess I could relate that to like a lot of things not just your condition I guess but like like you don't know any difference so, like to you you're just like yep I play sports I'm good at them and like cool like doesn't matter yeah honestly I love that you said that <laughs> yeah and like who cares like doesn't matter this is how I've always been like whatever and I was listening to this other podcast actually um this Olympic swimmer was talking about how I was born with like 40% lung capacity he's like well I don't know like I everyone else was always panting and I was always panting so like yeah. whatever like I just thought yeah like this is how it is and like it's hard to breathe when you go hard like you know what I mean so mm-hmm. it's just like why are you gonna think of it as like an additional like barrier when this is like all you've known really it's so true and like the comment you made about the pity I honestly I hate that I hate the mm-hmm. belittling or people just being like oh do you need assistance like I've never been one to even use like the fast lineup lanes in the airport like I don't want the extra help I'm like mm-hmm. I can walk from point a to point b and the worst thing for me is whenever I like if I want to do something with my friends or family it's happened in certain cases whether it's at an amusement park or while I'm traveling and people will be like oh well you can't do that I remember like la a year and a half ago I was in El Salvador and I really wanted to do this hike in the Tamanique waterfall area. And the locals just looked me up and down at my leg and they're like, no, you actually can't do that. And I'm from Edmonton. Like I grew up near Banff and Jasper and I'm like, guys, I hike all the time, but they didn't think I was capable of it because of my leg. And I'm not blaming the locals there because I'm sure resources are different, but it's just, Mm-hmm. it's been a constant battle in my life where I've, but I've changed my mentality where I'm like, Oh, you don't think I can do it? Watch me. Let me prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. Like perfect. You mm-hmm. don't think I can do it? Perfect. Yeah, Let me exactly. show you. <laughs> no, I love that. And I love, like, I'm such a like power to the underdog. So like, I always love like, mm-hmm, okay. Yeah. No yeah. worries. Like you don't think I can do it. Okay. No problem. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just love that mentality. And I feel like that's how you approach a lot of things, which I just adore. Thank you. So I guess we can switch tunes like a little bit. Okay. Um, you have like a really cool post-secondary education, um, and took up some pretty interesting skills. Can you kind of speak to your higher education and all of like the cool diplomas, certificates, degrees that you got. Cause I feel like you're just like, you know, all the things I'm a lifetime student is what my dad calls me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have my sister's one too. Don't worry. (laughs) I was in university for seven years. I did a, yeah, (laughs) but I don't don't have a master's or a PhD to prove for it, which yeah, you know, that's Uh, really funny. (laughs) Um, I took a three-year program uh, for a design certificate and photography diploma. So I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do right out of high school. So I took a year off and I traveled and worked to save money. And I fell in love with photography while I was traveling. And I'm like, why don't I do this as a career? It's so fun and interesting. So that's what I ended up doing for three years. And I loved it. I still do some freelance stuff. Um, Not as much anymore as I'm working in marketing now, which is 
so funny because I didn't study marketing in school either. Um, <laughs> Love that. Yeah. After design and photography, I went on to get my education degree with a major in French and minor in ESL because oh, wow. I was so passionate about standing up for kids like me that were bullied or in vulnerable positions. Um, I really wanted to teach kids and mm -hmm. I got through and did my practicum in a bunch of different junior highs. And I chose ESL specifically because I wanted to work with immigrant and refugee families. And throughout my time working in schools, I did a bunch of different presentations on bullying or disability, um, diversity, accessibility. And I loved it. But the only thing for me was I was so passionate about teaching the life skills component mm -hmm. following a curriculum wasn't as much my forte. Mm -hmm. Which really annoys me because I feel like the curriculum sometimes like, hmm, yeah, we could work on some life skills here. Like, I don't know how to do anything, but like, I could tell you the fucking area of a square like you know like that okay that's maybe a bad example because that's actually important but like um <laughs> but some human like decency, other, other you know stuff like yeah like just like skills and like empathy and uh like world views like yeah. I feel like I knew none of the things like I still don't even know where some countries are so I know exactly well even yeah. one of my best friends called me up the other day she's taking law at U of T and they're studying um disability and accessibility right now and some resources but she's just learning about like extreme cases of disabilities and mm -hmm. because I'm I just have a walking impairment is what it's classified as and mine's not crucial I still have my knee she was asking me questions and she's like I feel so naive that I didn't learn this growing up and I just paused and I'm like, are you surprised though? Like where in the curriculum does disability fit in or teaching kids about different mental or physical disabilities and how to be accepting and inclusive? There's none of that. No. Yeah. There's none of that. And there's no like, there's no like room for it either. Like they don't make room for that stuff. They're just like, yep. Like mm -hmm. they like are like, yep. Be nice to everyone. I don't know about like where you went to school, but we had this like awards thing and it was like perseverance, empathy, like all these awards and you could like win whatever, like you win an award for being like a good person, which <laughs> I already gets on my nerves and it all, it did at the time too, when I was really young and I was like, why is she getting award for literally telling the truth? But like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, and like, no, like this is not like an award. Like, yeah, cool. Like, appreciate people for like being good people but like come on like this is not like this is being empathetic is not like just one person in the whole school should be awarded for this exactly like, you know like it's just there's no room for like everyone just being good people and I think that is sadly you know mm -hmm. translating to adult life yeah oh just for sad. sure you're working in marketing now um, which is so cool. And I'm like a media marketing person, not <laughs> by career right now because I'm unemployed, but I like love that. So what do you like love most about it? Cause I feel like you're a creative person. Um, and obviously getting to be creative at your workplace is just like the dream for me. So like, how is that? 
Honestly, I got so lucky and I found such an amazing company. Um, they're called Kite Parade and okay. they're located in Montreal. And it's actually a mashup of both of my backgrounds, believe it or not. So doing like the creative design components for socials and they're also very passionate about building kids programming and really having an oh. emphasis on play. So I just feel like I could not have found a better company to work with. And my team is amazing and I've been learning so much so far. So it's interesting that I found a marketing position, but get to still be creative and use my education degree. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I feel like you, using your education is always nice. Right? Mom and dad, I didn't go to waste, I promise. <laughs> I'm using it. Look. Um, so kind of going back to that traveling component, like I feel like that was like the dream job, but like obviously you gotta like can't do that forever. But going back to traveling, you're a huge traveler. You've gone to like really cool, unique places, like not run-of-the-mill vacations. These are like crazy trips, had these wild experiences. I think after like creeping you in preparation for today, um, the trip I most envied of any of your trips was when you went to Morocco. I don't know why, but that's like, like always on the top of my list. And like my parents are like, you know, there's like fucked up stuff that happens there. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm," like, sign me up. Like, let's go. Oh my God. You're exactly like me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah, for sure. But like, it won't happen to me. Like I'm a little white girl from Canada. Like it's fine. Like I'll just go like, no worries. Um, but what has been your favorite destination so far? Oh my gosh. That's like, I don't know. Like a couple, a couple. Okay. If I, so I've been to 29 countries. My goal is 30 before 30. So I have three more years. So COVID better not mess this up for me. (laughs) Um, But definitely Morocco's in my top three, like hands down, you have to go. It's so beautiful. Okay. Um, I went with my sister. I'll take it as a sign. Yeah, you should. I did a tour when I was there, actually. I think it was with G Adventures for two weeks and it was amazing. We did like a homestay. Um, the family taught us how to cook and make the herbal teas. And then we slept out in the Sahara desert and rode camels and went to all the markets and saw how the carpets were made and all these different textiles. And just there's so much history there that you wouldn't even know. I was just like in awe every day. But the only thing I would advise is not to go in at the end of July when I went with my sister because it was 55 (laughs) degrees. I feel like I might have been able to figure that out. But like, okay, it was so bad. Like every photo is me with like a double chin and like sweat just dripping down me like I mean I'm okay, having a time <laughs> oh yeah having so much fun but like sweating and I'm yeah, um it's like my unbearable. sister listens to all my episodes so I'll give her a shout out we are like sweaters so I will not be going anywhere hot when it, I don't go in February my I actually <laughs> loved it so much my parents ended up booking the same trip but they went in February oh and the weather was like 23 degrees and beautiful oh. so Amazing. Mm, Perfect. So 2023, I'll be there. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So Morocco, were there any like other spots that like really stood out to you? I'm in love with Guatemala. Like in love with that country. Yeah. I went with two of my girlfriends after I graduated in May of 2019. We did like all of Central America 
And wow. we ended up extending our stay longer in Guatemala because we loved it so much. There's just so much to do. And the landscapes and the nature is just, and the people, I can't even stop like raving about it. I, <laughs> I'm just overjoyed. Wow, I would never think of that as a destination. So I'm so glad yeah. um, that you mentioned that. You have to go. Like Antigua is one of my favorite cities ever. It's a UNESCO heritage site and it's just amazing and Simuk Champagne has like beautiful waterfalls and yeah we even yeah went to the west coast to El Paradon and it's just like beautiful black sand beaches and they do like the release of the turtles there and Oh my gosh, yeah. that sounds so amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm just getting that travel bug. I'm stuck at home. <laughs> Thank I you. know we're all stuck here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all good. All good. I feel like it's just like, I've heard so many people, I think I've told some of this before on the podcast. Um, a lot of people are getting like VR headsets. Um, and I think I like need to get one because <laughs> you can just like walk around in like places and I'm like, yeah, like sign me up. Like, oh honestly. my gosh. But well, there's nothing like feeling like sand in your toes. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miss that. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, did you have any canceled plans in 2020? I actually had two really cool opportunities come up. I know. So um, because I'm big on travel and I started my Instagram based on travel basically and had a hashtag hop around the world with me. (laughs) I think I'm so funny because I have one (laughs) leg and I hop. (laughs) Oh, I think it's so funny. Like, like boost yourself perfect I was like is there gonna be crickets <laughs> are you gonna oh, get no, it like boost yourself I, I love it I literally saw it on your Instagram I'm like mm-hmm, that's so cool thanks and um so last year in February I interviewed for this company called Pangea Dreams and I actually got a scholarship for one of their content creation workshops in Peru oh, wow. so I was supposed to be in Peru in this past June Um, but because of COVID it got canceled. And with that, I also got accepted for a film residency program through one of my favorite hostels that's international called Selena. And they really wanted me to go document and take photos and video footage for them in Costa Rica, which is like one of my favorite countries as well. And both those trips did not happen. So I'm hoping that they'll take me as soon as travel is safe again. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds amazing. I'm sure once all this like settles, it'll just be jet setting in no time, which is disappointing to think about right now. But you know, like it'll come, like it'll happen. Uh, Hopefully they'll take you back. And I'm sure they will, um, because I'm sure they're going to be all these places are going to be dying for, you know, tourism uh so so to promote that i'm sure they're gonna need that um and maybe on an increased level so i also have flight credit to use now too so yeah it's just like sitting up there in the air and i can't grab it (laughs) oh my god that yeah it's annoying me and my family um usually go on a trip like every I don't know, like every summer or like usually when we were done exams, we'd go on a trip like all together. We would always plan it like, I don't know, like near the start of the semester. So it was like something to look forward to at the end of April, like done exams. Um, And then I, me and my sister were both graduating this year and we're going to like do this grad trip and 
whatever. And then we just like didn't plan anything though, mm-hmm. which was weird because we always plan stuff. Yeah. And then like in March, like obviously COVID started getting weird and whatever. And then we just like didn't plan anything, which is like, I feel like I just, maybe one of us could feel it. Oh like God, coming, yeah. like subconsciously you knew. Yeah. Like we always book something and like, it's not like anything like crazy, crazy, just usually to like the state somewhere, but yeah, like so weird. And I don't know. I just feel like we felt it. Um, so sorry, you didn't feel it. You want to do a reading for me while we're on here? (laughs) Sorry, you didn't feel it. Um, anyway, what's like the top place? Like, let's say you could grab that flight credit right now. What is the top place you would go like tomorrow? Oh my God. That's so hard. I just (laughs) felt like my stomach drop. I'm like, I can't make a decision for one place. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, I really want to go to India or South Africa. But I also, I'm just like so in love with Latin America right now. Like having done all of Central America, I really want to do and do all of South America. Wow. Also, I'm trying to learn Spanish, but it's not going anywhere. It sucks. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. I, f- I took Spanish in high school and yeah, good luck. <laughs> I didn't do great at it. Um, but something that you've done that I want to do like so bad, but I'm so scared. Um, uh, also I pack like five bags for weekend trips. Um, so I don't know <laughs> if this would work for me, but, um, it was backpacking. So do you have any like tips for backpacking or like any tips on like safety or like anything else from your experience as like a young female going backpacking yeah um honestly I was so scared like that's the only way I travel now is backpacking but I was so scared to go on my first backpacking trip so (laughs) my only advice would be just to book that one-way ticket and get on that flight because then you can't turn back like you have no choice Um, (laughs) that sounds so bad but I was honestly terrified to get on a plane by myself because the first trip I did as a solo backpacking trip was Europe for three months whoa I was going to study in France for one of those months but I started in Iceland worked my way all through Europe I did 14 countries total and that was the trip that I ended in Morocco so my sister met me at the end but I just remember being on that flight to Iceland being like oh my god what have I done like, should I be doing this by myself? <laughs> um, I honestly, I mean, this might be like super naive of me to say, because I, I'm lucky nothing terrible has happened to me while backpacking, but mm. there's just so many travelers, whether it was in Europe or Asia or Central America, everyone kind of does a similar route or you meet people that are you know, moving on to the next city and you can join them. So I never felt alone. In fact, I almost prefer traveling by myself because it forces me to meet people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I've only traveled once by myself, like just like a little, little trip to New York by myself. And you're right. I was like, so I was just like really aware of my surroundings because I think I was alone. So I just wanted to be like aware of like mm-hmm. where I was and like who was around me and stuff. But it like made me so like in the moment. And that sounds like so cliche. Like I was just really living in the moment. But like, <laughs> um, 
I was like, I was just like really like appreciating everything, like where I was and, and what Mm -hmm. I was eating and who I was with and like all of these things I was just like hyper aware of. Yeah. So I could see that. Yeah. It's so true. It's because you only have yourself to fend for and Mm -hmm. only yourself to defend you. So in those cases, I find, like you said, you're hyper aware. So you're a little bit more presently, you're a little bit more (laughs) present and you know what's around you and who's around you. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, yeah, it's something I'd love to do, but I just gotta, you know. Oh my gosh, figure let's, it out. Let's just go together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as soon as borders sure. open. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, no, actually, let me know. Um, so obviously, looping back around here, as you mentioned earlier, you have this like cutest hashtag that I adore, hop around the world with me, and it's just so cute and amazing. Um, and I feel like it just like, I don't want to say brands, like quote unquote brands. So like it ties your two like brands like together, um, which I think is so cool. So how did you kind of like get started with this hashtag? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. <laughs> my So my dad is really big on the leg jokes. So growing up for me, it was just always second nature. <laughs> I think that was my coping mechanism. Like he would always joke if I did something like really terrible. He's like, do you want me to ground you and take your leg away? <laughs> Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> Just like re- saying so that out funny. loud. I'm like, what the hell? No, that's literally so funny. And like, I am like a huge, and my whole family is like a huge believer in like la- being able to like laugh at yourself. It's like the total best, like humbling and, and all that. So I find that like so awesome. And like, obviously your dad like kept it real. Oh yeah. And he would say things like at the dinner table, like, oh my God, you're eating so much tonight. Do you have a hollow leg or something? Like, dad jokes galore so oh my goodness (laughs) I think for me it was just super easy to play off of funny words and then thinking of hop around the world with me just was like okay that's that's it I wanted it to just be like hop around the world but that hashtag was already taken so I had to Mm. extend it a bit (laughs) well it works so I like it um So you have this quote I've seen a few times and I think you should get it trademarked just in case you write a book or something. Um, So you say like, I have more likes than you. And like, I just think that's so funny. Like it's so clever. Um, And like, I'm not going without or like, I'm not lesser than you, but like in a sassy and fun, like way, like not (laughs) like savage or anything. Um, So with this being said, like, tell me about the way you kind of grew up and like grew out of your legs because I think that's just so interesting thanks yeah um it's such a funny quote like going back to that so yeah anyway (laughs) yeah people will be like uh how many prosthetics do you have and I'm like I actually have more legs than you (laughs) um but yeah growing up I mean I started walking around the same time as any infant would around like the 18 months Mm -hmm. Yeah. The first one I had looked like a little cowboy boot. It didn't have a foot. It just looked like one solid foot with no toes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was so tiny. And then just like any kid, as you grow larger, you need to up the size of your clothes. So same thing with my prosthetic legs. And I would get them every few years. It's so funny. My parents have a bin downstairs and my mom always jokes that for Halloween, she's just going to stick them all out of the garden. (laughs) Oh my God. So funny. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was, 
it's hard because as you get a new leg made, no one even thinks of this. They're just like, oh, you got a new leg, but you have to go for a casting. So they cast it just like you would if you broke your arm, how they do the fitting to fit specifically around your limb. And Mm. then they build a leg on that. And then I have to go in and practice walking with it so they can align the foot properly. And, you know, everything long-term affects your hips and your lower back and your gait with walking. And I mean, it was fine as a kid because you bounce back so easily, but I find as an adult, especially being a woman, like our weight fluctuates depending on what time of month it is. And, you know, sometimes my socket feels too tight or it feels too loose and my leg doesn't fit properly. So, but I will say I've had it pretty good. I don't have to go for that many frequent adjustments, um, but I am looking into a new leg. <laughs> oh, I really That's just like a funny sentence. I here. know, but they're so expensive. They're like the price of a new car. And the one I want is like cosmetic. It's not functional. So I would probably have oh. to save for it myself, depending on how funding works. I always have to look into it depending, but I really want a high heel leg. Okay. Oh my God. That's so funny. I've like never really thought of that. Like I've consider- never been able to wear heels. I had a high heel leg Whoa, once, but okay. it was so heavy, like the mechanics in it. I just like couldn't basically drag oh it around God. on my body. It was terrible but wow okay yeah this is something I never think of which is so mm-hmm. I don't know and I want whatever. one that's sensitive <laughs> it's not insensitive I would never <laughs> think of it either if I weren't an amputee but it's yeah. just so challenging to find shoes sometimes even like think of any shoes that you own they have like a slight heel most of the time unless they're runners mm-hmm. so yeah f- for me to I always felt like I never fit in when I had to go to a wedding or dress up for a special occasion because I can't wear heels. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting, but you're so tall. So like, um, <laughs> thanks. So like already cool. I would love to be tall. I'm only tall five, three, so. five, three. Oh, five, oh my three. gosh. Okay. I've got like five inches on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, t- I'll take that heels, please. Um, so as you grew and you got fitted for new legs, did you find it difficult to like, as you're adjusting, I guess at some point it's going to be a little bit too short or a little bit too long. I'm kind of assuming here, but Mm -hmm. um, did you find it more difficult to play sports in those like transitional times or was this like always something that you just like considered as to be like part of your life? I am, I think I was just so used to it. I mean, I don't have to go for Mm -hmm. fittings like that anymore because I'm not getting any taller, but (laughs) yeah, when I was young, I definitely remember taking the legs home from my prosthetist and it's like a trial run, like wear this for a couple of weeks and then come back and tell us if you need an adjustment or what's bugging you. And I would, my mom would always be like, you have to wear this leg. Like the prosthetist told you, you have to try everything in it. So you're going to play soccer in it. I'm like, no, I don't like it. Like things like that. Um, it's always tough. I've definitely broken a leg though while wearing it before. Oh. That's Whoa. scary. Yeah. I wow. like, vaguely remember in my parents old house there was a wall in the middle but you could run circles through the kitchen living room and hallway and I was Mm. chasing my younger brother and all of a sudden my foot snapped and I like basically face planted on the floor oh my god I had broken the foot off of my leg (laughs) oh my god which I feel like it could have been uh 
like broken leg, <laughs> like bone leg. Um, so that's like terrifying. Yeah. Um, so are there any, again, I feel like your friend where I'm like grossly undereducated um, to my own fault on, on like this, but are there any like further or future health risks that are associated with being an amputee? And I, I obviously don't want to sound insensitive here, but like, I, I really just don't know. Oh my gosh. No, ask me anything. I'm an open book. Um, there isn't anything that scares me about aging as an amputee. I mean, the only thing that I've found because I'm such an active person that a regular able-bodied person wouldn't really consider is wearing a prosthetic and the liners that I do is so suffocating to your skin and it gets hot and you're so I wear silicone liners so it's basically blocking my pores and they're just so hot in the summer months that I sweat a lot in like my stump area. So in the past, because I love to hike so much, instead of like having to stop every half hour, take my leg off, dry it off just to make sure that, you know, I wasn't slipping out of it and then putting it back on. I ended up going and getting Botox done in my stumps. So that also hurt like a bitch. It's so painful. (laughs) Also, like my residual limb is very small and it doesn't have a lot of muscle tissue or fat on it because I was born that way and I was missing my fibia. So it just felt like the needles were always hitting my bone. But I remember getting the Botox and not having a sweat issue. So my, my socket and my leg stayed on a lot better if I was doing high impact sports. Oh, wow. Mm hmm. That's really cool. And I like always, obviously you think of Botox as like a face or like, you know, I've heard of people using it for sweat before, but like, you know, your underarms or yeah. something like that. Um, so that's really interesting that like something so different is like such a important aspect of like your life, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wow, that's interesting. Never would have thought of that. But get this, they, so doctors, it depends what province you're in in Canada it will either be classified as cosmetic or as like a health concern. So for me, I don't think I get, now that I live in Quebec, I don't think there's coverage. It's considered cosmetic. And I'm like, how is this cosmetic? Nobody sees my leg. Like, excuse me? Yeah. Like, hmm. Hmm. Another system I'd love to take down. I know, right? <laughs> like this isn't cosmetic. I'm like, like can okay, I please get sure. coverage for this? You don't struggle with this on the day to day. And like, yeah. Oh, that's really frustrating because you're right. Like it's lit like it's I'm not worried about it looking good. I'm worried about it being like fucking functional. Like, you know, yeah. like I want it like to work and like not have to like readjust all my plans in my life like just because I'm sweating. Exactly. Yeah. Oh frustrating Mm -hmm. so your newest endeavor is going well I guess not right now because it's been postponed but going to the Paralympics um and obviously with the pandemic the Tokyo games were postponed fingers crossed for next year uh can you tell me a bit about this journey and like the sport you play which is honestly so cool I was watching your videos today um and I was like whoa damn (laughs) that's cool (laughs) Yeah. So I'm not a Paralympian yet. I haven't been to the Paralympics, um, but I, so I play sitting volleyball. It's an adaptive sport and I have competed in the Parapanam games before because I was, I played when I was 
was scouted when I was 15 and played from 16 to 21. And I have competed across Canada in the States, in Brazil and in England. And yeah, we, I did play when we were in Brazil trying to qualify for London 2012, but we actually lost in the fifth set, which was devastating. I don't think I've cried that much before. And then after that, I kind of reevaluated, you know, we're not currently training as heavily for the Paralympics anymore. What do I want to do? I kind of felt a little bit lost because I'm so competitive by nature. And I actually, air quotes, retired and focused (laughs) on my education and went to university. And then I mean, it's always been in the back of the back of my mind. I love the sport so much and I miss my team and I'm just so proud of them because this year in February, they competed in Halifax for qualifying for Tokyo 2020 and they won gold. Oh my God. Yeah. Cool. So they are unstoppable. I love all of the girls that are part of that team and the coaching staff is incredible. And I was like, Oh my God, I want to be back with them one day. But I was just, I was waiting like at this point, the pandemic hadn't started. So this was in February and I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll encourage them and support them and cheer them on when they're in Tokyo. And then after Tokyo, like you better bet that I'm going to get on that team again and start competing and training with them for Paris 2024. Yeah. But fast forward, the pandemic hit, things were put on hold. Canada pulled out of the Olympics and the Paralympics. And I was contacted by the coach and she's like, so funny story, you know, like the C10 do 10 on social media that was going around at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. One of my old teammates was setting a volleyball and tagged me in it to do 10, but I didn't have a volleyball at home. So I was setting toilet paper and like, like (laughs) spiked it at my phone. And then the coach commented like, Hey, Allie, are you out of retirement yet? And it just started this discussion where I was like, Oh, I watched you guys in Halifax. You killed it. I'm, I want to come back one day, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Mm -hmm. well, with, the Paralympics being postponed again, do you want to start training with us? But it wasn't in person at this time. It was, you know, um, talking and having weekly meetings and working out to a very strict plan and, you know, just Mm -hmm. basically having like a support team online. And it, the team has changed since I played like five years ago. And so I Mm. met like a whole new group of girls and they are all incredible. And it wasn't until September this year. So it's September, 2020, where we finally trained in person and the training facilities in Edmonton, where I'm actually from. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was nice. I got to go and train and I didn't realize how much I missed that sport until I sat on the floor. So to give you some perspective, sitting volleyball, is just like volleyball, standing volleyball, but it's a faster sport and it's different to some extent. It's a smaller court. It's about like 10 meters by six meters. Uh, The net is lowered. So it's like, I believe that's 1.05 meters for women and just a bit higher for men. Um, And you're actually, it's 
it's an adaptive sport. Like anybody can play it. Um, but -hmm. obviously for the Paralympics, it's those with physical impairments. Um, Mm -hmm. but you, you're not on anything. You're just on your butt on the floor. So you're pushing yourself with your hands and your feet to get underneath the ball in time, sliding across the floor to hit it. You can block serves. It's, it's a demanding sport. You definitely need abs. And that's one thing I haven't like I lost definitely within these past five years that I'm like, Oh, hopefully those come back. (laughs) Okay. Well, I don't think I ever had abs, but if I did have any hint of them, I lost them over the pandemic. So I think everybody did. (laughs) Yeah. So it's fine. Like just get back into it. I'm sure you'll be all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's so cool. And like, obviously I've watched a bunch of your videos and stuff and it is such a cool sport. I was like, I didn't play like a lot of volleyball, but I did play growing up. And like, I think arguably like you're right to say it's intensive. Like, I think that it's like harder than standing volleyball. Like you just have to walk to the ball. Like you guys are fully like, like full body into it. Like it is wild. So, Mm -hmm. um, mad respect for that. Like, I think that is such a cool sport. Thank you. (laughs) And obviously you're still kind of training. And like you said, you're meeting with your team. Um, Mm -hmm. but I guess you haven't really been together as much as you would have uh, pre-pandemic as you are kind of mid to post-pandemic. Yeah, uh, they're taking all the like safety measures. And I mean, Mm -hmm. we have to follow certain guidelines through Volleyball Canada and the government and that kind of stuff. So I I was in Edmonton like two weeks ago for training camp. So they put us in an athletic cohort and... We're not allowed to see anybody. We have to get groceries delivered, that kind of stuff, stay within our bubble. Um, But it's been so nice to get back on court. And we're hoping to continue with training more and more as the Paralympics are coming in for Tokyo. It's 2020 plus one. So next year, but I mean, Mm -hmm. it's hard to predict anything with the pandemic right now, but I'm really hoping that a vaccine comes out soon. Yeah, fingers crossed for you and I'm sure all the other athletes who are struggling too mm-hmm. um, with not being able to like fully, like to the fullest extent of their sport, um, participate in it. Oh and gosh, I know there's yeah. obviously like things you can still do, but it's, it's you know, not the same. Um, but anyway, yeah. another thing, so you're, you're just like doing the big things and we already know that. Um, but other than all of what we've just spoken about, um, what is the future for you, Allison? Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm still so like, I don't even know how to describe my feelings when it comes to this. Um, I got some really great news in November, like maybe second week of November and, um, oh. a, a girl I work with. So I know I always shout Vero out, but I'm like, I owe her, her, she recommended me to an agency in Montreal. So I have recently been hired on with Agence La Suite in Montreal as a lifestyle model. And I'm like overjoyed. I have so much support from like my friends and my family and everyone I work with. And Mm -hmm. I, I'm so excited that an agency wanted to bring me on because that's something I never really set out for myself growing up specifically Mm -hmm. because of my leg. Like I never saw girls like me in magazines or on TV and I, I can't say yet, but I have some exciting 
news coming in the new year where I've signed on with some incredible brands. And I'm really excited to say that you'll see me in stores across Canada and in 11 states in the new year. Oh, okay. So uh, sneak peek. Yes. Um, so that's so exciting. And I think representation in any sort um, is just so important. So I'm so glad that um, that you're willing to do that. And also that these agencies are uh, finally like just you know, breaking these standards that they've set for themselves uh, over all these generations. And I think it's so important, not only for people to be willing to be put in these positions um, of modeling in, you know, non-traditional ways, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, that these companies and these brands and stuff are, are totally opting in. And, you know, that's, that's not to say that everyone is, um, yeah. but there are some real like tra- trailblazing companies um, that are really setting the standard, which mm-hmm. I love. I love it. I honestly, I might get emotional even saying this, but I signed a contract with um, a clothing company that I have shopped at for so, so long. And I think back to when I was like a teenager just starting to shop there, I would have never imagined to see an amputee on their banners. And now that's me, which doesn't even feel real. <laughs> I'm such a crier. Like I'm fully crying. Oh oh gosh, so cute. Um, that is so cute. And like, oh, I'm so excited. Um, so by the time for everyone that's listening now, um, by the time this comes out, hopefully we'll know real soon. So you guys won't have to wait as long as I will um, to know about this. But um, I'm so excited about that. So that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Um, another thing that is very important to you, uh, you mentioned this a bunch of times, um, is kind of addressing bullying and physical disability and I guess the connection that they have. Mm-hmm. So what is your kind of plan to bring this passion to the forefront uh, of the work that you do? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I have some w- like wishful thinking. I would... I would die if I could do a TED talk. <laughs> That's like, I feel like you totally could do a TED talk. Oh, thank you so much. That means like that has been my dream probably for like the past 10 years. I think about yeah. like being able to just fully address disability and bullying in schools and, you know, growing up physically different and the challenges that come with that. And that is actually why I initially got, like I said, my education degree, because I really would also love to do motivational speaking in schools or even the workplace. There's also harassment that happens in the workplace that can be avoided as well. So I'm hoping just to be able to expand people's minds and let them know about different things. (laughs) things. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's perfect because that's exactly what I'm trying to do too. Um, so I'm so glad that you're able to, you know, like hit us with all of your experiences and like, just, I think this is actually one of my favorite recordings yet. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You're that making me so, blush. <laughs> like, I don't want to say inspirational because like, 
well, it was, but that's not really what I'm trying to say. It just was like so heartwarming. You're just like so down to earth and like cool. And like, you're just going to be like on the billboards. And like, I'm going to be like, mm, I interviewed her. <laughs> and <laughs> that's so cool. So um, we're going to wrap up that portion. But uh, before we head off, uh, we always do our rapid fire questions at the end. Ooh, I'm excited. Uh, so yeah, I get excited. Are you ready? I'm nervous. Okay, go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, the first question is, if you could hang with any five people who would it be so this is like a quarantine hang it could be you know oh my gosh five people okay I have to say my family because I'm from a family of six so that would be like my dad my mom my two brothers my sister oh my god perfect yeah and like so cute are they all still in Edmonton yeah they're all there oh cute so lots of okay well that's wholesome (laughs) that's wholesome um okay next question what show are you binging right now oh my gosh can I admit something I don't watch tv (laughs) stop I can't like you're a good person I don't know what it is I can't sit through episodes I would just rather be doing something else not that I don't like tv but Oh, you're a good person. If you watch any like good movies, like here, basically I'll binge whatever my roommates are watching, and I think my roommates watching Imposter right now. But okay, yeah, yeah, my mom watched that a while ago. Okay, wow, well, that made me feel (laughs) bad about myself. um so what there's obviously been a ton of negative outcomes throughout the COVID-19 pandemic um like to keep it light like to keep Mm -hmm. it positive what has been your favorite positive outcome of uh the pandemic connecting with people like you oh my god you're such a gem also it's so great like the whole concept of can't hang how you interview people you can't hang with is just like so that's so smart to do (laughs) and you're probably connecting with so many people through your podcast yeah no connection is so important and I'm so glad you just said that wow that's so cute what is one thing you have on your list this year oh my gosh I was really wishing to see my family for Christmas but that doesn't look possible actually when I was in Edmonton last time they gave me my Christmas present so that means I'm not going home for Christmas um I don't know I don't have like a physical like item on my list I'm just hoping to spend it with someone that I love whether that be like cousins or friends or family that's so nice wow You're just making me feel like a shit person. Oh my gosh, that's not my intention at all. (laughs) I have a long list of things I want. Sorry, mom and dad and my sister. And I watch a lot of TV. um, And I would pick celebrities and not my family to hang out with. So So thank you. Um, Do you live with your family though? Yeah. Yeah, that's the difference. I live across the country, so it's a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Okay, my last question for you is, what is your favorite, like, 90s nostalgia thing? Like, there's Sex in the City, like, Clueless, like, Dawson's Creek, even, like, you know, like, Tamagotchis. Like, what's your, like, favorite, like, 90s thing? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm... I brought the scrunchies back. I would say that's a nineties item, like full force used to wear Mm. when I was a child and I can't go a day without one around my wrist. 
Okay, that's a good one. Mm, damn, I love that one. Okay, well, Allison, it has been so fun talking to you. I'm not like exaggerating at all. This is definitely like my favorite like episode to record. Just like so like oh, so good and so fun and, and kind and heartwarming. So thank you so much for carving out some time to talk to me and, and hanging this week. Thanks so much for having me. I'm was so excited to be here but also just meeting you has been awesome so thank you so kind thank you i'm alia ballas and you have been listening to can't hang Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved today's show, please subscribe and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Visit canhang.simplecast.com to check out all the incredible people I've interviewed and who's coming soon. Much love goes out to all those who have been posting about Can't Hang on social. Please tag me in your posts at Can't Hang Pod and please continue to send me suggestions of who you'd love to see in future episodes. I have an incredible lineup, but I'm always looking for people outside my bubble. Please tune in next Thursday and hang with me and my next guest. This show is produced by me, Alia Ballas, and the music was created by Quan. Quan.